Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. That evening is too, it's too calm. There's no traffic today. It was quite easy to get here. So I expect that you answer me better. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. All right, that's more like it. All right, today we are having a special... Listen, listen, listen. I'm a Nigerian with a pot belly. I've earned the right to speak and people will be quiet. So please, just help me reduce the noise. All right, are you with me? Are you with me? All right, we're having a special, special session this evening. Um, my name is Excel Joab, and I represent the best podcast in Nigeria. Thank you very much. The Terms and Conditions podcast. Today we are going to have a special edition. We are celebrating the 14th anniversary of one of Nigeria's, scratch that, Africa's most iconic hip-hop albums. Talk About It by Emi Abaga. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm going to be calling on my co-hosts, right? My co-hosts, when I call them, they will come up. Please clap for them. They have not blown, but just make them feel like, you know, you get me? Do you get me? Do you get me? Please make some noise for my guy, Motolani Alake, in the building. Ladies and gentlemen, please say I have blown in Jesus' name. I have blown in Jesus' name. But we don't know about Excel. You know, no, no, no. Am I on Melody? You stay this today. You know, some people, my, my belly don't blow already, so I'm, I'm moving for, in the right direction. All right. Now we have another member of the Terms and Conditions podcast, Melody Hassan. Please, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Melody Hassan. Now I want to introduce the guy, the man that, uh, you know, if I allow me, this guy, <laughs> you know, if I allow me, you know, if you allow me land. All right. Okay, guys, real quick, real quick, real quick. Please, let's make some noise for the British Council for allowing us to use this beautiful space. How about that, yeah? All right, let's make some noise for Task for putting this together with us. All right. Now, if you enjoyed those nice drinks and cocktails you have, please make some noise for Shivers Rigo. Please, hey, hey, make that noise on a KPI. And I, I, I send email, maybe I do drinks. Make some noise for Shivers Rigo. I love you guys. I love you guys. So, real quick, we're going to. We're going to get into it. Um, at different points, we're going to come into the audience in case you have questions you've always wanted to ask them. This would be the great time. But yes, talk about it. Mi, welcome. How you doing? Uh, good. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm. I'm. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I, I also want to give a big shout out to my wife. Because in some way, this, these conversations were sparked by her. She made a note of 
when all my albums came out and she showed it to me and she was like, you need to do, you need to make sure you do something. I've skipped so many like birthdays of albums and stuff like that. So thank you, Annie, for... True, because she sent me a message and that's how she sent me a message that we talked about it and that's where... Shout out to Eniola Mafia Baga! Shout out to all the unmarried people in the audience. Um, God will do it for you. Say amen. <laughs> Say amen. All right. Um, I, big, again, once, once again, big, big shout out to Eniola, please. Please give her a round of applause, guys, please. Because um, you have a habit of not celebrating some of your greatest albums. Um, MI2 turned 10 two years ago. We tried to, we tried to reach out to you. You were like, no. Why is that? Man, you know, the truth about it is that if anybody that's close to me knows that my real life is actually more important to me than my artist's life, which is not a great thing if you if you have like lots of fans that are looking up to you, you know. But um I just I think at that time I was going through something else. I was like, Oh yeah, 10 years, okay, fantastic. Let's keep it, you know, let's keep it moving. But I do want to take it more like, you know, the older you get, the more you're like, okay. Let's not take this for granted and let's celebrate it, especially because it means so much to so many people. And I want to honor that, you know, properly. Yeah. And I, uh, by the way, thank you to you guys as well. You guys platform is like something that I really, 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 really think is one of the coolest things. So, so to be doing this is like, you know, it's cool. Thank you so much. I, I, I saw that you started podcasting so we could show you the ropes. We can introduce you. I'm your OG. Yes. Yes, <laughs> please, please help us, ladies and gentlemen, and put your phones on silent or vibration. You know, pick a struggle. <laughs> Can the sound be like a little louder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like, yeah, Bigfoot. Yeah. Big shout out to Bigfoot Big yeah, for yeah, helping yeah, us yeah, out yeah. with the sound. So people can hear though. That's better, right? Yes, it is. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right. Okay, so real quick, I want to, I want to ask my co-hosts right because what we what we're talking about today is 2000 we're traveling back in time to 2009 when talk about it dropped 2008 2008 thank you very much december 2008 that's the confusing thing because it was december the ripple effects came in 2009 yeah, yeah. um where where were you when you heard this album for the first time um i think we should go back to the first song that i heard from the album um, I think everybody the first song probably crap mentality. mentality yeah. Um, but I didn't like it at the time. Do you know why? Why? Because I I I, I used to so, like. By being... the way, not much has changed in fourteen <laughs> years. Boom. By the way, <laughs> boom. <laughs> That's not true. But one zero. <laughs> um, I didn't like it at the time because my sister introduced introduced you to me. Um, I, and I used to be the first person on the block and the noise was going around in like mm-hmm. 07, 08 and I'm like you should just keep quiet about this guy I don't want to hear him um, so after Crab Mentality I didn't watch the video until like 3 years later but Crab Mentality I couldn't, I couldn't ignore it because it was special um, because this guy found a way everybody at the time they, they were either making music that was inherently Nigerian or a little bit too foreign but you found a way to stand in the middle um, and make rap a, a little more obtainable to the average Nigerian. And I think that was the biggest one of crowd mentality. But with the album, where, where was I when I heard the album? Um, I heard the album in the middle of 2009. I was in uni. We were in the middle of a strike. And I lived with it for about three months. And I thought it was one of the best albums that I've ever... It's still one of the best albums I've ever had in my life. 
Melody, what about you? What, what, what? So thank you. That's so. I mean, imagine hearing like such a an esteemed voice in in, in music say that. But I've uh, told you before. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to hear true, it again. True. Melody, what about you? Um. So the first time that I heard the album, I think I was in very um weird relationship with hip-hop generally my friends and i talk about it all the time that, that's a very that's a very nice way to put it <laughs> so um bef- just like tolani said um when he, for the hip-hop space in nigeria we always have conversation about the sound the cadence and sounding a bit too foreign sounding maybe a bit just just a mixture of everything like it's trying to find the balance so so for me when i listen to music i'm always very particular maybe the way I consume music. I'm very particular about enjoying the music. Like, I, w- I just want to enjoy, understand what you're saying, be able to relate to it, and sing. It's very important for me to be able to sing along and understand the lyrics of the song. And that's something I struggle with generally when it comes to hip-hop in Nigeria, or maybe generally. So, because I'm always like, um, it sounds too... I don't want to do that here. <laughs> no, do it, do it, do it. It sounds too... Ibri, 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 ibri for me. So, <laughs> so, the first time I heard your body of work and i'm like what so i could sing along i could understand the lyrics if it just felt like music and i think that is something that when it comes to hip-hop rappers tend to do a lot when i think they, they're kind of um, particular about the fact that oh it is hip-hop they want to drop punchlines they want to do double and so it's just like um i need you to open a dictionary when you're listening to me and sometimes it takes away the enjoyment for me so the beautiful part about the album what i love the most about the album I'm like okay wait this is rap and this is hip-hop and i'm thoroughly enjoying it. i could sing along i can bop to it i can just so that was the beautiful part about the album for me being able to sing along, understand what you're saying, be relatable, and maybe just sing on the beat or rap on the beat. Um, so that was that was very, very instrumental and important to me. And also the first time that I heard the album, I think I was in uni, but I was so blown away about the fact that this is a hip-hop album that I enjoy. Because for the longest, I just felt I, I could not. It was difficult for me to you know, connect yeah. to that genre of music. So your album, that's why every time people talk about rap, for me, I will always say that my entrance into hip-hop was Emma Abaga. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. High praise. <laughs> High praise. I, I think if I'm, before you, yeah, yeah. okay, but I think if I'm going to say something, as I'm listening to you guys talk, it was reminding me of all the life turmoil hmm. I was in that produced the album. And I was chatting with some of the artists that were outside and a lot of people were like, man, it's really tough. And I remember like, because I'm hearing you guys talk about it, I'm remembering like recording it. Like something that people don't know about talk about is that I had the album already finished and then my hard drives crashed completely. So we had to reproduce, talk about it again from like beginning, from scratch. And it was, I was living in Egbeda at the time with Mex, the Mex, and I was trying to like work in, it was just a difficult period. And then I went back to Jeannie's house. It was just tough. But through like this grind came out this album that when I look back, I'm like, wow. And maybe the thing is that for people here, like you're in a lot of turmoil, maybe yeah. that's the point for you to start turning it into art. Cause who knows, 14 years later, you may be sitting down listening to, you know. Come on, <laughs> come on, love it. Um, before, I, before I give my own, um, I want to start also from crowd mentality and I want to ask you a question. There was a phrase on crowd mentality, two words, righteous error. Tell us about Righteous Era. What's that about? 
That's gist that people don't know. I give for you. <laughs> Tell us about righteous error. Excel is going to show up. First of all, Excel is my friend. First of all, he hangs out with me. So if he so starts he asking, he will start asking some questions. So tell me about your passcode for the. But he knows. For the but the people phone. don't know. The people, people have to know. But uh, yeah, yeah. So righteous error was what Jesse and I were discussing as our production tag at the time, because Jesse and I both had a studio. Okay. And yeah, in Jaws. And it was uh, someone gave us the equipment and we we're running the studio. We, Jesse and I, have never mixed production wise, but I'm a better engineer and better at mastering. So, a lot of songs that people heard, the early Chuck Boy songs, Jesse would produce for himself, he would produce for Ice Prince, Brimo, and then I would mix and master with Abuchi, you know. But I would produce for myself. <laughs> don't boost boost but I would produce for myself so but we thought even though we produce separately we should still have a tag and I didn't I'm a trash producer that's the truth about it I'm a trash um, hello hello I'm hello hello I'm, hello hello um I am trash as um, a producer wait 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 <laughs> no no before we go ahead before we go ahead before we go big for you know what I'm talking about before we go ahead <laughs> like um so I was just, I was trying to hide. So we had this name, Righteous Era. Um, but it was all these brands that we were going to, you know, Loopy. Yeah, Loopy Chocolate Records. City, Righteous Era. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have a mind of your own, don't, don't be disappointed. This might be a crow. Hey, listen to me, Rob. I'm done trying to. Um, first is first. We didn't come for a free show. Wait, 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 wait. I haven't finished. So... Um, I was in, I was in, I feel, Melody, you're making me feel old because she said she, she had it in uni. I had it in secondary school. How? No, no, no. I was in secondary school when I heard talk about How old are you stuff. again? I'm very young. I'm 29. <laughs> I'll be 30 next year. Another level. Yeah. But I remember that when I heard, so before, before the album dropped, I had heard Crab Mentality. And I remember, I remember arguing with my guys. I remember arguing with my guys in secondary school that, listen, this MI guy is going to shut it down everywhere. And everybody was like, yeah, fuck off, who be that guy? Yeah. And then we go on mid-term break or something and talk about it comes out. And then we come back to school. And everybody's like, my guy, you were right. The guy, yeah, because talk about it, something that Melody mentioned earlier, talk about it feels like the first... Listen, man, I remember when I saw Mode 9's album called Paradigm Shift, and I called it Paradigm Shift. <laughs> and I would sit down with a dictionary trying to understand a lot of the bars that Mode 9 was spitting. And then with albums like Talk About It, I felt like for the first time, no matter who you were in Nigeria, if you were a CEO, if you were selling pure water, if you were, no matter what you were doing, you understood what he was singing about. And there was a song for you on that album. To the point that there's even a gospel song called Jehovah featuring Eben. Shout out to Eben. Do you understand? Like, so, like, that album is so impactful. And that album paved the way for a lot of things. Yeah, so one of the things we're going to be talking about today, aside from just the album, is the ripple effects of Talk About It. Because we as fans know what we see from the outside. But... How would you say talk about it changed your life, Am I? Before we go, before we yeah, go, yeah. Um, 
I've always felt like you were a better producer than than a rapper, actually. Wow, yeah. hot take. And no, this no, no, is I've better producer than rapper. First of all, shout out to Illegal Music. Entirely. I've said it before. Illegal um, Music is proof of this. I've tweeted it before. I put it in articles. We've argued about it. Um, Man, Emma is such a good rapper. That that's such a hot take. Like, <laughs> like sometimes I listen back to verses of mine, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, wow. Like, I, I look. If anybody's going to take, like, there are many ways people can interpret someone saying something like this. Yeah. They may be like, oh, this person is very arrogant. This person is very confident. But if you're creative here, the only thing I want to say to you is that do the work so that when you make statements like that, people have to be like, yeah, but, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, but I guess because, like, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue into what I wanted to say about the album because yeah. I do want to because I've spoken to some of the young guys here, I do want to talk about things that made the album what it was. And maybe I'll segue into say one of the big things was that I was in my networking phase at that time. Mm. So if you think mm. about it, I just come to Lagos in 2007. The album comes out 2008. I don't know anyone. But look at the collapse. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You came to Lagos 2007. Yeah. Um, who did you come to Lagos to see? I came, so 2006. I'm in Abuja. Jeremiah Gang is signed to Chocolate City and he has yeah, a song. was different. Yeah, at the time. Yeah, what yeah. was hey, your name at the time? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> what was your name at the People time? People were calling me Migrep at the exactly. time. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> let's... Migrep. Swiftly moving on, guys. Migrep. <laughs> Migrep. You are not moving on. Slow down. Migrep. Please tell us. But that's where MI is from. That's where MI. So... <laughs> Look, when I got my record contract, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't have a nickname. Okay. Mm. So I had to go back to high school to think about what should I, am I gonna, is my rap name going to be Jude Abaga? Because I would just rap once. I was just in the studio rapping. So I went, in high school, they used to call me Amigo. Yes, Amigo. So, I'm mentioning sure Amigo here. We have, so, we have, we have, we have, we have another brand here. Oh my God! So, but anyway, anyway, forward, forward to the album now. Where I was saying, if you look at the collaborations on the album, there's Jesse Ice Prince, Eben, but then there's Blaze on that song. Yeah, Blaze is in Ibadan. Yeah, YQ is from Kogi by way of Lagos. Yeah. Um. So my debut album had so many people that I met in Lagos that I had already formed like really strong relationships with, mm. like Whiskey. Like Whiskey came to me. Whiskey came to me like. Talk it! No, no, talk no. it! Talk it! Talk it! <laughs> you guys are. Oh my god! Oh my. So, just to recap, just to recap, just to recap. Just to recap. And I want to do this, I want to do this in O2 accent. Did Whiskey come to you, bruv? No, listen. They're making this. They're making this into a thing. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that Whiskey came came to me. Listen, he came to me. You are missing the moment. In a, almost like a no, but think about it. This is a guy that when he tells you his story, he tells you Surulere Ojuelegba. He has nothing to do with Joss, but he came to me almost like a like an older brother. Like, hey, I need to get my music out there. How? 
that relationship happened in a year through Osage, who uh, who they were the, on the, that whole like 2008 Sway Bar crew. Shout out to Sway Bar. And Osage was in that mix, right? And here's the point: I was pointing out to young artists here that there's so many people here that could be important to your career. But a lot of times we go somewhere and we never develop the skill of meeting people. Hey, this is who I am. I don't know if you can collaborate on something. I don't know if you can work. This is my music. And yeah, you're going to get rejected a lot. But you're going to be successful because of the times when you're not rejected. Mm. It will be a smaller per percentage. But the more times you have that number, the more times you, you get it done. So please network, 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 network. That's In fact, one. I will say that British Council played such a huge role. The song Safe, I believe that the day the song Safe Blue was in the back here. Yeah. I came to do a freestyle. Yeah. Uh, free, like a session. Yeah. Mode 9 was around that day. I rapped. It was a nice day. And then at the end of it, they were like, oh, am I do something? And I told everybody, switch on your Bluetooth. And I shared the song Safe to everyone. And from then on, somehow the song just took off. But I'd built a relationship with the British Council by then. I'd been showing up for the events. I'd come, I'd met the other rappers. I knew all the other guys. Like, get get alive to the opportunities around you. Wait. Take your head out of your wait, of wait. yourself and look around. You know, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You have shared three lessons. Can, can someone <laughs> be taking the notes down? It's three lessons now. Three, you re, no, can someone take them down? So we can recap at the end of this conversation. Um, the first one is, you don't always approach you because you, that's how your music is going to blow or something like that. That's one. Number two, network. What was the last one you said? No, I think I, in my head, I was still, I was still talking about networking. Okay. You know what I mean? But I'm just saying so for, for, for the young artists that I hear, you know, this is what this is for. Like when we share next year, I want to start sharing even more. I've spoken to Jago. He wants to do the same thing. We want to open up the process about how we did these things. Like I want to tell the stories of like, actually how, but how did you do it? Don't just say, I came to Lagos and, you know what I mean? Like, tell us, what did you do then? When you had a problem with radio, what did you do then? And I think that's really important that we share this, these learnings with people. But yeah. where did you go to after you came to Lagos? Where did you land? <laughs> so, so, if you guys don't mind, I want to connect the dots because it's yeah, sure, it connected sure, sure, in my sure. head. So, I come back to Lake to Joss in 2004. 2003-2004. Um, from a big disappointment. I was in college in the US and things fell apart. I come back, I go to get a visa, the visa doesn't work out. So I just go back to Joss, I'm gonna work for a little bit. I start working at a cafe, but my brother, Jesse, who had always seen me as a younger artist, as, as a young, my younger brother, he'd always seen me make music in school. So now he had formed a rap group and when I came, he was like, yeah, look at me now, you know? <laughs> but he was also like supremely talented. So, Jesse became the doorway for me to enter into the industry when I came back. I was like, oh, my brother is doing all these shows in churches, hmm. you know. So, I started going. With him? With him. So, like, so, you were literally going around with Jesse who had already Jesse started. was a headliner in Joss. At the time? Jesse, there was part of a group called El Tofeli, And they were... So, the, it was popping before... They we were the real back. deal in hmm. Joss. And, but when I got in there, I was like, oh, we need a structure. So, I was like, let's start something. And we called it Loopy, Few Friends... Ruby, uh, Ruby's one. Um, uh, e. Kelly was one of the for the formative Lindsay. groups. Lindsay, Lindsay wasn't here. Lindsay not here. Oh, Lindsay comes like two years later. Okay. And um, 
then it grows, it grows. People break off, people go their own way. Young girl and them come around, chopsticks, mm-hmm. uh, suka sounds, scales, you know, it's just a whole like mix of artists in Joss. Um, and through this, Jeremiah gets a record deal with Audu, Chocolate City. So I'm in Joss, I'm just hustling, and I meet Audu's partner, Paul. And Audu's partner, Paul, used to give me small jobs to do. Like, he'd be like, I need a photographer. I need such and so. Remember, I'm back from the US. I've had this huge disappointment. I'm working at an internet cafe. Hmm. And I have all these uh, opportunities. But I would just always do a great job. And one day he was like, oh, I'm organizing an event. And I came. I already had my music because me and Jesse, we've already been doing the thing. When I performed, Paul was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Do you have a song? I sent him a song. He sent it to Audu. They were both like, oh, shit. <laughs> I have no clue if this is good or not. And then Audu tells me, come to Abuja. Or more, I start pitching. If you guys know me, if I'm trying to persuade you on something, I am relentless. You can't have that conversation with them, I. He's going to defeat you. I am. Um, I start pitching Jesse, pitching Ice Prince. Wait, is that how you got your wife? <laughs> Strong pitch. <laughs> get there. No comment. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, um, um, I'm pitching, pitching, pitching. And through it, Jeremiah, so I'm, I'm sort of like Jeremiah's like PA in a way. So I'll Jeremiah. go with Jeremiah Gang, yeah. yeah. I would go with him to events. Through it, I meet Jeannie. Hmm. And Jeannie is like, oh, you can come to Lagos. And he had a, a small segment on Sound City called, um, I can't remember, Music Around Nigeria or something. Said, you can come and be someone from Jaws. So I take this trip to, to Lagos. Meet Jeannie, and I'm like, I just need a place that I can come back to. Jeannie's like, fine, whatever. I go back to Lagos, back to Joss, and then I had two things. I had the studio in Joss now with Jesse. So I started telling Jeannie and people like that, come to Joss and record. And then they would come, it would strengthen our relationship, which would allow me to come to Lagos more. And I'd come to Lagos, I was at every event. Plateau, Planet One, all those early events back then. There were so many young artists at the time. It was just like an amazing time. It's happening. The same thing is happening now, by the way. Yes. If you go around to different events, you're going to see there's so many young creatives. Like the next generation of stars are being born right now. But I was in that mix, going through everything. And then I, I realized I needed a hit song and went into the studio by this time, maybe I'd recorded like this. Another thing for young artists. Sorry, I've been on a bit of a rant. No, I'm no, going to no, shut up. No, 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 no. We're here for that. But another thing is that by this time, I had at least 600 songs. So there's fans of MI that are fans of complete projects that the world has never heard. Perry Boy. Perry Boy. Like a lot of projects that we're doing back then. There are people that are like into like early Jesse Jack stuff, early Ice Prince stuff. They saw us blow up in Joss. And the point is, when I ask young artists, how many songs do you have? A lot of times, people that are like, I, no one has given me a platform, have released less than 10 songs in their career. Yep. You know, that number needs to be like 200. Because this generation is a generation of try and fail, out in the open, try and fail and learn quickly. So get to recording, get to meeting people, get to promoting your stuff, take every opportunity. Because it is liter- this is literally the reason I'm here. You know, by taking all those small opportunities. How many lessons now? Please give a crowd of applause to MI, please. Um, how many lessons are we on now? Like hundred. No, we're on the <laughs> third one. I believe. He's going. Yeah, he's it's going, going. He's going. Um, can someone? What was the hit song that you recorded for those that don't know in the audience? So 
the song Crowd Mentality was the song that opened the world for me. Yeah. And I was coming back from, from Abuja and I was talking to Paul. And many of you have this label. If you've ever been signed, you have a label boss that thinks they know music better than you. So, <laughs> shout out to Shade. Paul. But Paul was like, this is what you should record. He was giving me all these suggestions. And I was like, man, these guys are going to change me and make me just their regular artist. Man, if you don't have a mind for you, don't be that's where, it. That's where crowd mentality comes out oh, from. Oh, mad, mad, uh, mad, 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 mad. Shading your label owner. Shading my label owner. What? Right? And, and With the single. <laughs> <laughs> and then Audu heard the song. He was like, I mean, they laughed about it. They're great guys. And they laughed about it. And then, like, told Jeremiah to work on it. This song took like maybe one year to come, like, come to fruition. Wait, is it Jeremiah that's at the end saying, "Yeah, you got no, you"? No, no. Who is that? Who's it's that? a friend of mine called Taz, who okay. lives in Joss. Okay. But Jeremiah made Jeremiah. His contribution was the kick. Okay. He wanted he wanted the song to really like. Have it. Dum, dum, but the rest of it, the bass line, boom, boom, dum, 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 you know, I had produced. In fact, I really liked the first version of. Uh, of Carol Mentality. How do says he likes the first version? Yeah, which is just, it's just a, it's just a, like two, it's like a conga and a, a drum. Boom, 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 boom. And the bass. Boom, 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 boom. And that was, that was the whole song. I liked it raw like that. But of course, the label was like, <laughs> nah. do you still have the original version? I was going to ask that. Yeah, they, I think there's some versions that are even out there. Like, like Anoti has like 10 versions that are out there. Like if you really if you really want to like dig through the crates, there are people that have like a song called Fila or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and like different versions of it. Yeah. One of the streets is that you didn't even distribute this video in Lagos, but you found a way to cross over to Lagos. Bro, it was when I saw when we all saw the video, we had such high hopes. This video was shot in like six venues in like two different states. And when we saw the video, yeah, we were nah, like, this nah, nah, nah. This is gonna this is gonna be the end. Oh, this is another thing. So many times in my career, I've thought that if, I, if we put this out, this is going to be it. Right? Be it in a good way or in a bad way. In a bad way. way. A bad like, way. oh man, like this is actually a terrible piece of art. But the point is, it doesn't really matter as long as you're willing to grow and learn. You know? Yeah. It doesn't put it out. Imperfect as it is. Jade, put it out. My niece Jade, has, Jade got music? Guys, my niece has shot a film. Wow. And she's finished it and she doesn't want to put it out. Wow. Put it out, Jade. Put it out, Jade. Put it out, Jade. Put it hashtag. So am I on the body of work? Talk about it, right? Um, so El Boogie said, um, you guys are talking about the definition of a good album. And you like described it in different using different words. And of course, we can all say that talk about it's a good album. 14 years after you dropped another album that is a good album. In your words, and also 14 years after, what is your definition of a good album? Seeing how music has evolved, hip-hop has evolved. Because now we have conversations around hip-hop, and someone like me, who likes my hip-hop a certain way, and I'll say, oh, this one is not for me, this one is not for me. So hip-hop is kind of divided now in different ways. Many people say some type, some type of hip-hop is not good. Maybe like, oh, trap is not hip-hop, oh, hip-hop is not this, hip-hop is not that. 14 years after, am I, what is a good album? Do you agree with El Boogie's definition of the words he used? On talk about it. That's such a great question. Great wow. question. Cool. I swear to God. Shout out to Melody. Shout out to Melody. <laughs> <laughs> um, a good album. Let me answer. Let me say this. Your second album, you need to approach differently from your first album. So I'm going to say a good first album. Okay. 
a good first album is an authentic story of your life up until then that connects with other people. So if you're able to be honest about who you are, where you are, and how you got there, and other people are like, oh, wow, that's amazing. That's also the second part, right? It's not just the first part. It's not just telling your story. But in a way that people are like, oh, okay, wow. Then you have a great album. And that's why time in the studio matters, because how you say it is as important as, as what you're saying. So for someone like me, um, there's something that Paul and I do say. And again, you, people, the young artists here, you may receive it as am I trying to like be arrogant or whatever. But I want you to understand that I produced, mixed, mastered, did backing vocals, wrote 10 verses for every song. So it's, it's not an accident. I don't know if you understand yes. what I'm saying. Facts. Yes. And the point is that that's what you should spend your time doing. You should be developing your skills every day. Hmm. You should be writing all the time. You should be in the studio all the time because you're going to need it to tell people your story in a way that they connect to. Yeah. You know, and that, I think that's what I saw with Ashake this year. Ashake is someone that should have blown eight years ago and he was ignored for those eight years, but kept working every single year. Do you understand? So by the time we caught up to him, we caught up to him like year eight. And he was ready. Do you understand? The thing he did is that he didn't stop. He feel bad for himself. He just kept working. That's when I see him. That's the story my eyes tell me about him as an artist. You know, and that's the thing I want to tell other artists. Like it doesn't matter if they're ignoring you now. Back to work. Back to work. Get back to work and improve. They ignore you next year. Back to work. Because by the time I arrived at Lego in Lagos, 2008, honestly, it was like for the first four years. And I, it played a little bit in my career later on when I started calling myself chairman. But I felt like it was like slim, like it was like shooting, you know what I mean? Like no rapper is going to produce their music themselves. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll give an example. Like this is another moment that I hope doesn't go viral for the wrong reasons. But when Vector and I were beefing, right? Um, I was in London and the whole thing was going up. He had released the first song. I didn't have time, you know. When I came back to, to let's see, Insta blog in the building. <laughs> I knew you'd be here. Psych, we just said it so we could discover who the Insta blog guy is, and now we found you. <laughs> There's no story. We just wanted to know who Insta blog was, no. But, um, um, but for me, now imagine now the whole world is waiting for your response. For my response. But Excel, I know. That when I enter the studio, Namigo produced that song from beginning to end. And you, do you understand? That? Every coin drop, every sample I did, I mixed, engineered by myself. Now, that's the type of artist you should be at all times. You should be prepared for everything. Hmm. Wherever you are, you should never stop working. You should never stop improving. The goal is to be someone that keeps getting better. Yeah. The goal is not to be an artist that's wealthy. The goal is not to be an artist that is successful. The goal is to be an artist that keeps improving. And That's the goal. Because those artists are successful. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a byproduct of who you are. When you say, I'm going to keep improving. I'm going to keep getting better. You know, and uh, yeah. Um, so you said something about like some of your brothers that came with you from Joss. 
Um, and I think I can't remember where the song was. It's from where you said um Head of the Family, the Lego Music Three. I think that was yeah. it. Where you were saying something about how your brothers Jesse Ice Prince, like how sorry please increase the mic please oh okay so sorry so sorry so sorry about that can you hear me now all right thank you um so i was talking about head of the family from illegal music three where emma was talking about himself as the head of the family and he was talking about the journey that took some of his brothers like jesse and ice prince to lagos and he said ice prince said he was ready but he didn't feel like he was ready at the time he said just give me a chance how has being the head of the family changed and shaped your life? Positive and negative. So there's there's the burden, the pros and cons, basically. Pros and cons. Baba pause. <laughs> wow. Um, the first thing is that if you want to be a leader, the most important thing, the most important skill you need to develop is to accept when you are wrong. Accept when you're wrong. Because that's going to be the critical thing that will determine the health of the family. And I think earlier on, it was more difficult for somebody to be called out. So if Brimo is upset about something uh, and you don't accept that you're wrong, even even if you were not wrong, it creates a certain dynamic. So that's maybe the the first learning, I would say. Um, The second thing is that love is a truly selfless act. Most of the things, and there's some Chocolate City people here that are in the building. True. I can see I saw in the back. Toda has worked with me for 14 years. Shout out to 13 years. Most of the most amazing, most selfless things I've done in my life, nobody will ever know. Yeah. And it would just disappear. I'm talking about for artists that are, <laughs> for artists that, that have called me Out. names, for artists, and it just, it's done and it goes. And if you want to be a leader, you have to accept that you are going to not get back what you give. Sometimes. That it's, it's a sacrificial role. Yeah. It's a sacrificial position and just... Just accept it and just deal with it as you go along. And then maybe the last thing is that um, um, you will, because I don't want to be just, let me say good things. (laughs) For me, imagine seeing Ice Prince buy a house in Lagos. From a legacy place to Honda. Imagine me seeing, like, I mean, we're from Joss. We're like just kids. Imagine me flying with the whole crew to New York, headlining the Indigo at the O2. You know, imagine getting paid more money than maybe my parents have earned. Yeah. You know, for one activation. Imagine like I went to go, one of the most beautiful moments in my life was I went home to my parents' place in Abuja and I was like, Throw everything out of the house. <laughs> it was just, they gave like the free, I was like, we're replacing everything. You was, know? Was that when you said you went there with your new Honda in 2010 or 2009? No, I, this was like, it was like 2010 at the time. Look, I wish I could do it now again. <laughs> to <roll out. laughs> But then, you know, the first money you have, you're just trying to, 
impressed. Yeah. But yeah. the point is that I have all these beautiful moments I have with me that that come as also a result of being given the opportunity to lead in that way. Yeah. So it's it's positives and negatives, but you must be prepared to understand as a human being that those negatives are real. I want yeah. to I want to you know I want to talk about because I'm I'm time conscious and there's a lot to break down from this album. So I want to talk about a very, very iconic moment mm. slash song from this album. You know, I'm listening to it now. I'm like, because you have to think about, uh, you have to think about a rapper rapping safe before safe came out. Mm. Like nobody knew me. I was already saying I'm the rap messiah. And I, what I, I think maybe my anecdote there is like dream big dreams. You know what I mean? Like, tell yourself you're going to do things that when you hear back later, you're like, what? What was I thinking? Why did I say that? Like, this, if, if my, after Safe, it would make sense for me to call myself yeah. Rap Messiah. Yeah. But before Safe, why, why, you know why? what I mean? Why was I saying that when, like, NATO, like, all these, yeah. there were so many dope rappers, and I was like, nah, I'm the Messiah. You know what I mean? Uh, dream big things, guys. <laughs> Wait, hold on. After, just because you mentioned that there were other great rappers out, after this album came out, what were like the first set of co-signs you got in the industries from other rappers, other rappers that are out? After this album came out, this is a good question. I'll be honest with you guys. Be honest, Emma. I'm going to be honest. So from 2007, remember I'm in Lagos. Yeah. I'm building great relationships with everybody. Yeah. This is an honest answer. Please, nobody vex. When the album came out, I think that the gap widened a lot. So I actually started not getting a lot of love not you know getting. what i mean yeah. yes but then the older artists like ill bliss was somebody that immediately saw me he was like yo 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 what's up? This is blah, blah, blah. and not because he's here Always. not because he's here but this guy in the building Xavier. big up big up, big up he's someone that threw everything always like showed love always showed support and so shout out to him it's a good shout question there was a lot of people that came with me from like we came up to abuja after album drop everything changed you know what I'm saying? it was not a, it was the energy changed the energy changed and i understand it it's like the now music business is very competitive yeah. and it pits you guys against each other but um, no i asked oh, that question because i've heard some stories I'm not going to share them because he did not share them. So did you also feel like you were competing against them and did you act accordingly? Um, you know, from my perspective, when I was coming into the game, I thought that nobody would ever reasonably eclipse Mood 9. I, mm. I was just like, I was just like, this guy is like, like, but even like sales-wise or like, you know, there are ways that like, no, see, Mood 9 is... Depending on someone's perspective, he's the GOAT. Depending on someone's perspective. But what I'm trying to say is that rap has also evolved outside of that, of that, of where it was at that time. But at that time, we didn't know that. I don't know if you understand. So I was looking at Rugged Man and Mood 9, and I was like, these guys are the chairman. But me, I could fight everybody else with the ground. But still, in a like loving, like, we are the same thing. This is like verbal jousting, you know. Even though when I listen to my lyrics later, I'm like, yeah, what did you expect? <laughs> like, <laughs> you were so confrontational. I was confrontational on every song. I'm like, yeah. 
This song is like, rappers living in harmony. I'm like, yeah, the best rapper you ever seen is M.I. I'm like, oh, God, why am I? Um, um, before we go into some of other things, let, let's talk about another song that was really iconic from this album. Um, fast Money, Fast Cars. But you guys know that that was the genesis of the beef with Kelly Hansen. Kelly Hansen, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, okay. do, we do, we do, we do. Um, I heard something very interesting um, from the OG that produces this song. What's his name again? Craft. Craftmatics. That that green was meant to be on this song. Wow. Okay, 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 okay. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I've forgotten about this. So Craft, Craft, I met Craft at Night House and I asked him for a beat to work with that green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... It, it, it wasn't Da Green. Da Green hadn't put out any music yet at the time. He was on a freestyle with... Uh, no, he was on a freestyle with... Uh, no, he had released his first album, but he didn't really... No, no, no. His anymore. first album... Oh, okay. Maybe yeah, that's... Okay, the first, first one. Yeah. 2006. Yeah. Okay, no, no, not the one that was... Yeah. So there was like a... Sm there was a label. It was YQ, Da Green, and another guy. Yeah. A... a um, AO or something like that, one name, and they had a song that was popping. What? No, it's not Lelo. No, Lelo was producing, but there's another artist. It's not Lelo. Anyway, but so I asked him, I was like, yeah, I want to work with that green. But when the beats came, very important, I'm going to tell you guys a whiskey story now. So when the beats came, uh, Wiz. I, I just got the beat that day, I was at home, and whiskey came to my house. Now, I, I was already done with my album. By this time, I was like, I'm done. I have the songs I need. I had this beat. I didn't really think it was going to get on the album, but I was like, and then Whiskey came to the, to the album, to the house. Whiskey has no music out at this time. So he comes, he's like, yo, I really want to get on this album. You know, I want someone, you know. So I'm like, okay, can you, let's try something. So I put on the beat. If it, does, if it works out, great. If it doesn't work out, low risk for me. Now, Two things I want to say. Number one is, by the time I had that conversation with Wiz, I already had a good sense of his potential as an artist, which is very important. Very important. If you're a young artist and you're not doing the networking and stuff, even people around you wouldn't know how talented you are. Do you understand? So I already knew. He, the world hadn't seen him, but I already knew. I already knew this guy. You know, I've heard songs of his. The second thing is that, he recorded his chorus and everything in like, in like five minutes. He just started listening to it. He sang. I was like, can you do something Yoruba? He sang. He sang the other parts. Blah, blah, blah. It was done. I was like, oh, crap. Now I have to go and write these verses, right? And it's about, again, the same thing about being ready, being prepared. Because let's go back now. A lot of other artists would have interpreted it like this. Can you imagine that M.I. put out his album and they didn't put me on? Yeah. Do you understand? How many of us have told that story? We've sat, we've watched another artist work on their project and they're like, this guy don't even send me. You never said anything. But you're just like, this guy don't even send me. You don't even put me on the album. You don't even care about me. Here, what happened was that he had to walk into my consciousness with the credibility that he had been building. So it's not like, it's not like he had been building the credibility, he had been working and then he has this moment. And I'll tell you, as soon as the world heard Wizkid, Everything started changing for him. Everything started changing for him. So the point is, 
Be ready. Be prepared. Be prepared. Show your walking before your opportunity. Show it clearly. It's done. I'm ready. But there's no confusion. This thing you mentioned, this thing you mentioned now reminds me of a constant theme we've seen with Emma Baga and other artists, be it hip hop or other artists in general, which I think is, um, for lack of a better phrase, entitlement. I feel like you're one of the artists that has been attacked the most. Hip hop artists. For not, people will say, you didn't put me on, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. You sharing these stories and telling us like your background, how you came from grinding by yourself, even this example you gave of this kid, you know, having that background and always having to face artists who are complaining of you not doing something for them. Have you, how, how do you feel when, when you get that? Because this is something you've, you've faced a lot. Something yeah, yeah, a lot. yeah. You know, the way I answer this question today, and I think this is a very important question, thank you for asking, is the reason why I get attacked on that issue is because that's my purpose. And that's what task is. Hmm. You know that I spend all day. Some of you I met today, I've spent time talking with you guys, trying to share information. I spend Monday to Friday working on a company that's trying to bring opportunities to creatives. So the way I look at it now, I'm like, okay, no wonder. Yeah, of course I would get the criticism. It's actually what I set out to do. I would say that no artist since Nigerian music was popular has tried to make more connections for artists than MI. And that if, if any reporter wanted to just ask artists, did MI ever do anything for you? They would be like, if they just drew a web, they would be like, oh my God. This guy is everywhere. But that is a, it's a, it's a smidgen of what I want to do. I want to do it at a continental scale. You know why? The world right now is too unfair to creatives. The opportunities we have, like if you make it as a successful creative, you are, you're, you're a survivor. And we need help. We need people that, can, that have lived in it that can be in that space, that can reframe the structures, that can teach the corporate world how to deal with creatives. And that's what I'm working on. So, so Okay, yeah. so Emma, um, talking about putting artists on, talking about um, criticism, talking about getting trolled, talking about people saying, oh, Emma didn't put me on, talking about entitlement, and you responding to that from a positive angle and saying, oh, I understand it, that's my purpose, and you're not mad about it. Honestly, like honestly, don't you sometimes get tired or feel hurt? And when you're in that headspace, when people are constantly saying, am I didn't do this? Am I didn't do that? And your need to maybe put people on. Is that what you want to do, honestly? Or do you feel like um, you need to do that? Maybe because so you need to attain that legendary status and all of that. Because a lot of times people say, oh, this person is not a legend if you've not put people on. So you need to put people on. Is that honestly what you want to do? Or you, you feel like you need, to, you need to do that as the MI who is the artist? And even when you're doing that, do, don't you get tired of it? Don't you get frustrated and say, there's so many guys who are referred to as legend and they've never put anybody on. Do you have to do it? Hmm. That's a good question. And I have a, I have a real answer for you, Melody. Yeah. So, so the reason why I respond positively is because I've also tried the negative response. <laughs> now, let's first of all say something to the camera. Has MI put people on? Yes. It is a fact. Nobody should debate it. 
Anybody that knows anything about the music business should not even talk about it. Jesse Jags, Ice Prince, Brimo, Nosa, Victoria Kimani, Dice, Coker, CK, Black Bones. I'm telling you about artists that lived in my house, that wore my clothes, that have transferred from my pocket to them. A label that I used my money to pay for the office that they're in right now, that I sacrificed for, that I gave my time for, that I held back my video budgets for, money that I gave to people, laptops I bought to people personally. The receipts are there. It's an irrevocable fact. It's not, it's not something we should debate. However, what I mean about the negative and the positive is that at first, when people started critiquing me, I responded negatively and I went into nighttime. I became, what, this is unfair. And now I'm in the daytime. I'm here at British Council to meet more creatives, to learn more about your challenges, to even fail more times, to be more criticized. Do you know why? That's what we need our leaders to do. They need to show up and they need to get their hands in the mud, no matter what the outcome is. And be humble enough. Remember you asked me about being a leader. I told you yeah. that the most important skill is to accept when you are wrong. To be humble enough to say, I messed up. I can tell you, I am the person that young artists should listen to the most. You know why? I've made more mistakes. Of course, there's I'm not just me. Of course, there's Don Jazzy. There are other people, great people in that field. But what I'm saying is that I've made mistakes, and I'll be honest about them. I've, I've treated artists the wrong way. I've already said so before you asked me this question. You yeah. asked me about leadership. Yeah. I could have answered another way, you know what I mean? But I honestly told you that the second thing is that you must learn when you, oh, I, no, I was talking about making mistakes, learn when you're wrong. But the point is, I'm back in the fold. Now, why is this important to you guys? Because sometimes your purpose is the thing that people will criticize about you the most. The fact that you keep showing up back there is what will make people keep saying, what is this guy doing here? What is this girl doing here? What are you still doing here? And it's okay for you to show up there if that's what you are called to do. Do you know what I'm saying? For the young lady from Ajegule who is trying, staying optimistic, trying to be a rapper, she deserves for M.I. to be working his hardest. Do you understand? You deserve it. Do you know why? Because I deserved it too when I was your age. And nobody did it for me. Do you know what I'm saying? So it doesn't matter if I get criticized. It doesn't matter. What does it matter? What does it matter that people are talking about me on, on Twitter? Who cares? You're more important to me. Do you understand? Let's take the time. Let me be here. Let me sit outside. Let me listen to your story. Let me tell you a few things that I've learned. Let me go back home. Let me do it again tomorrow. Let me do it on Monday. Let me do it on Tuesday. Let me do it on Wednesday. Let me do it on Thursday. That's more important. That's what's missing in Africa. Let me tell you something. One more thing. The industry has a lot of people that are just talking, that are just saying that we do this and we do that. That's what we see in Africa. People are, 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 are putting the brand without doing the work. You know what I mean? And hopefully, I hope, if you go and look at Task, you go check our sites. We're not perfect, we're growing, but what we say is we are four creatives. So I accept the criticism, honestly. I want to learn from it. People tell me I didn't do a good job. I want to learn from it. And I'm back again, signing more artists, creating more opportunities. We keep going till the wheels fall off. You know Please, I mean? a round of applause for MI. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, so and this happens. With, you know, Emma, I told you in podcasting, I'm your OG. 
I'm your I'm your OG. So big facts. When you when you do a live podcast, there always there's always a point where the audience has gone low, and you have to take them high. So what we're going to do now, we, we still have a lot to cover, but if we're still going, yes, we're still going oh, hard. But if no, we're coming, we're coming. But at this point, right, the audience, if you have, I want to take three questions from the audience for MI. If you have a question for MI from the audience, regarding what we are talking about, talk about it. Don't come and say, how did you propose? Don't come and say, why did you not sign me? Uh -huh. From what we are talking about, talk about, please come forward, please come forward. If you have a question, come forward. If you have a question, I have one. I have one, I have two, I have three. Okay, two more bonus, two more bonus. One, four, do you still want? All right, first question, first question. Make it quick. You know how, it don't, it's not testimony in church. How what has the Lord done for you? Just go straight. Hey, of course. Yeah. It's a simple question. What's up, By the man? way, this is, one of the, this is one of the few people that's beaten me in a rap battle before. By the way. No, no. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. OG. <laughs> Um, oh, sorry. Um, hi, I'm Bali. Um, I'm a music producer. Um, M has been an influence to in my life, but that's testimony time, so let's just go away from that. Main question, right? What are the key KPIs we can use nowadays to talk to investors about creative industries now? Because a lot of tech um, VCs are coming into music now here. And when you want to talk to them about it, they say, oh, can you show us a way how music is growing in Africa and in the culture. What, like, what can we use as key performance indicators when we talk to this kind of people? Thank you. That's a really good Thank question. Thank you very much. Really good question. Uh, you want to take two or three so that we, if they're together? Okay, two. Um, I, I, can the mic go around to them so people can sit down and then we can take... Yes, yes. You guys sit down, sit down, and yeah. then we'll bring the mic to you. you bring them. No, yeah, but you, since you're already yeah. here, just... Yeah, like... Um, like one of the albums I got, um, sir, one of the albums I got was MI2, the album. And it's also, it's also so dope. It's like, it's a masterpiece. And those years I actually like borrowed my uh, classmate the, uh, the disc because those times there were no, there, uh, there's no Apple music then. Like that was like 2010. So then it didn't return the album. It was like, guy, I don't go give you again. Yeah, but I just want, like, I just want to ask. And so, it, well, I waiting with this stew. Uh, like, what's, what's the, like, what, what's the recipe used in making that album? And yeah, then I listened to the new album to like the guy. It was so. <laughs> like, I was still looking at with all these years, ten years interval and everything, with all the everything about audio drama and stuff. And you're still like the lyrics are still like still bad. You know, like I just want to like ask, ask like, hey, how, what's your how, stew? Yeah, what do you put? Wait, in wait, 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 wait. What before, did you put your stew? Before, before, no, thank you, thank you for your question. You can, you can take it. Before Mi answers this question, right? I want to tell you that um, when you write your I I E L T S, this is this is the place you come and collect the results. And a lot of you, wait, listen, a lot of you think you know English. But don't pay attention, because I said that the questions you should ask should do with what we are talking about. And you have taken it to tech, 
my guy the back took it to tech. This guy took it to somewhere else, but we'll answer your questions regardless. But please try and keep it about talk about it. Talk about it is the conversation for now. Am I please answer? Thank you very much. Yeah, I think I think that there's synergy between both questions, right? So talking to investors about money in the creative space today is very difficult. But I'll tell you what investors are looking for. So that if you have it, you can shorten the road there. Investors are looking for growth. If you're able to show them something and be able to say, look, over the last six months, this thing has been growing, then it's monetizable. You can say, my followers, my followers have been growing at a steady rate. My music, the streams have been growing. The amount of shows and the amount of crowd I have at my shows is growing. But if you can find anything where you can measure and you can show that on a month-by-month -month basis is actually growing, then you have the air of an investor. And the rest of it, you know what I'm saying, the rest of it you can figure out. I know that this is an oversimplified answer. It's an oversimplified answer. But it, I think if you can just show me something, if you're an artist that you came to me to talk to me to sign you today, I'll ask you, show me growth. Show me what you've been doing over the last six months. Are you recording more music? Are you now? The second question is about um, was about. Shalakbe, what did you put? Oh, what did I put in my soup? Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, I would say that um, you have to put a lot of love and work into it. You are leaving something. That when you are done, you'll not be able to come back and re redo again. You know, I will never be able to say this. My first album. Oh, let me let me add one more. It's done. Mi two. I can't add anything to it. So you go back. You you in those moments you work. You work as hard as you can, so you leave it all on the table. You know, I, the best way I can think about like when I think about recording right now is Kobe Bryant died at 40, 41 years old. But everybody that was his friend said that there was nothing that he wanted to do up until then that he hadn't done. Think about that. And that's the way I think now. I, I want to leave everything on, the everything on the floor. So when I go into a recording an album, like Chopsticks and I were already talking about the next album, we're like, Omo, oh boy, they go here I am. You know what I mean? Because I'm going to leave everything. All my learnings, all my experiences, all my skill, I'm going to leave it on that floor, you know. Cheers. Next question. Okay. Uh, hi. Um, Emma, you were talking about um, um, where you came to Lagos with a couple of your loved one's friends from Abuja. But, uh, and how when you blew, let me put it that way, and the love was no longer there, sort of. Uh, but you didn't actually tell, I didn't actually say how you actually handled it. Because it's I think it's quite, it's a problem, it's an issue uh, where you find out that people that you are with going to music, you're doing music together as, like, as friends and you guys are cool, your loved ones, your close friends, and you get to a certain level where that love is no longer there because of certain reasons like this. Maybe your music is better off than theirs or they feel you are going further than them. How, how is it a good thing? Like how how do you handle situation like that? How did you handle it? That's a good question. Um, 
Uh, you know, something she said. I forgot your name again. Janice. Jez. Jez, I remember. Yeah, Jez. Yeah, so something Jez said outside. It was so remarkable. She was just talking, and she was like, you know, because people think life is easy, and then she said, because, but life is very difficult. And what I want you to know is that all your relationships are going to change. Everybody you know is going to disappoint you. Everybody you know is going to hurt you. Everybody, your mother, your dad, one day they're going to die. They're going to leave. Do you understand? So what is our own response to that? Our response to that is that then we must decide who we want to be in this world. Do you know what I'm saying? Who do you want to be and what do you want to, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to leave those people around you with? And that's a more powerful way to go through life. Instead of thinking about what am I going to get back from these people because they're going to disappoint you. It's a, it's a proper feeling. What are you not going to get back? The question is, what do I want to leave with this person? This is part of the reason in Melody that... Now, when I changed... That, I mean, Melody asked me the question earlier about, about giving, back, giving to artists and everything. When I changed my perspective, I'm like, oh, I got to give this person this and I got to give this person that. It's not, not about what I received. And now I can say it confidently. Oh, I gave this person that and I gave you here. I didn't want anything back. I gave it to you. So for your friends, for your family, everyone around you right now, as you start to blow up, amen, as your life starts to change, accept that things are going to change around you. People are going to disappoint you. But the most important thing is that when they are gone, they will have a memory of you and you get to decide what that memory is. You could leave them with bad memories of you, like talking down to them, you know, belittling them, telling them how bad they are, telling them how they hurt you. Or you could leave them with memories of positivity, of support, you know, and just ride life as it goes through because we don't get to control other people, you know. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> next question. Next question. Hello. Hi. I don't really have a question. I just wanted to share. Um, so I've lost half of my thoughts, but I just wanted to let you know that this year I introduced my son to rap, my 11 year old, and I started with your music. Honestly. Do you guys know who Brenda is? Everybody here has to meet Brenda today, by the way. You have to meet Brenda. Trust me, if you're especially the young creatives, please, you have to meet Brenda. Don't let her just disappear. Anyway, sorry, Brenda. So he's been listening to Imagine Dragon and, you know, a lot of white music. Me too. And I don't have a problem with it. You know, music is, is universal. You know, he's really into it. My children are really into music. My daughter is a music curator. But my little boy, you know, has just discovered music. And he was like, oh, I don't really like Nigerian music. I don't really like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, let me play one for you. And then I played, played Crowd Mentality, you know. And so when he saw you, he was like, that's the guy with that song, right? I was like, yeah. So I just wanted to let you know that it's still making, it's still making a difference. Impact. Still making a difference. Love it. Thank you, Brenda. Love it. Love it. Thank okay, you. one more question. By, the lady in red. The lady by in the red way, Brenda, Brenda is part of the reason that this is happening. She's part of, she's a critical part of the reason. And, Big ups to Brenda. And, and I want to say something, please. I want everybody here. If, as you go home, the creatives, wherever you are, tell your friends next time. Just pay attention and come with more people because there's power in community. I promise you. You're going to meet other artists. You're going to meet. So please tell other people and come back because this idea works the more we, 
the more we get, you know, come and support other creatives. Give to other, remember what I was saying, give to other people. Just be here to support other people and, and let's let, let's grow this thing because I think it's such a beautiful idea. Shout out to Brenda. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Last question. We'll come back to questions, but for now, the last question. Mr. Emai. Oh, I Mr. see. Emai. Jazz, what up? I'm fine. So I have this question. As a creative, how do you handle creative rejection? You know, there's rejection from everybody, but there's creative rejection, like from your fellow creatives. Hmm. Uh, this is a very, very big one. Um, Good question. So the most important thing that I want you guys to know about yourself as a creative is that if you are very good at music or art, it's probably because you are very highly emotional. First, let's start from that. Okay. Now, that is what comes alive when you're writing a song about that babe that broke your heart or that guy that broke your heart. You feel it. If you're an artist here, you know what I'm talking about. Please put your hands up. You feel it. Don't let me put your hands up. So... <laughs> So let's start from this premise. Let's, I, I want to start addressing you, assuming that just like me, you are a very emotional person, right? Now, this question means even more because rejection is so hard if you're an emotional person. Mm -hmm. It's very hard. And if you're an artist, you're going to get so much rejection. Oh, my God. So much rejection. People are going to look down on you within your family. People are not going to understand you. You're probably already spent like eight years being different from everybody else. You know, so it's tough. And I want to let you know that what I had to do to make it through this year was to tell myself that what happens in my head is not what happens out in the world. There are two different things because that emotion happens where in your head and in your heart. Abi, yeah. what happens in my head is not what happens out in the world, and what matters is what happens out in the world. Because no matter what you feel, if you don't act, do you understand? So when that happened, I now had to find a way to act even when I felt bad. Do you understand? I don't know if that makes sense. Even when I felt bad, I had to find a way to lift myself. I had to do so as a CEO. Jess, I'm telling you honestly, I've never been in the business arena to go to offices. You know, as a celebrity, you go around, people just open the door for you to go and now pitch for projects. And they'll tell you, go and talk to a brand manager. The brand manager is on their phone. Do you know I'm saying I had to go through it and felt the rejection every step of the way. This year, putting out my album, I had to go through the rejection of Meeting new, like, you know, when I came out in the past, it was like older people in the industry, older radio people. Now everything has changed. There are new streaming services. I had to go around and meet new people and just face it. And maybe nobody notices. Maybe they will see me with my, my glasses looking cool. But every time that somebody, like, doesn't pay attention to your song, every time somebody says, am I... <sighs> this is not that old artist. This is not that... Every time somebody says those things, you feel it as an artist. And what matters is not what happens in your head. 
but what happens out in the real world. So I pray, Jess, that you find the strength to act. And that strength, I can tell you for me, comes from me learning how to sit in my feelings. So instead of running from the feelings, I just say, okay, ah, this person treated me bad today. When I get home, I'm going to give myself one hour to feel bad about her, this person. And I'll go home and I'll take the time and feel bad because feelings are going nowhere. Going can nowhere. I ask something? Yeah. Have you ever done like this guy, when I blow, I go show him. I go, ah, alone, I go show him. Did you have, did, did you, did you have your own solo? So, <laughs> the, it's a very good question. But I'll tell you that that version of it, I find, is unhealthy. You know why? Because it puts that person as important. And a lot of times, that person is actually not moving forward in life. So, you're chasing a, a dead target without knowing it. Do you understand? Yes, sir. So I get people way more tall than anyone. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. But you understand what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that you don't have that feeling. I have that feeling. I have that feeling all the time. But I'm saying that focusing it on somebody might make you focus on someone that's actually not moving forward. Do you understand? And you spend your time, work, I will show you. But instead of no, they move. Also, the person is moving. Okay, now. Show them. Whether the person is moving or not. When the person shows you and you feel bad and you say, I will show you, think about the person that you need to be to show that person and think about that person in detail. Describe it to yourself. I need to be earning this amount of money. I need to have this car. I need to, and then spend your time thinking about that and walking towards that. Forget about the person. Do you understand? Focusing on other people because the world is like, people are just, people are these people lie. People lie. People tell you they're okay. People tell you I'm good. I'm balling, and they're lying. You're chasing somebody. Focus on yourself. Focus on. If somebody makes you feel bad, say, "When I get here, I won't feel bad about this anymore." Then think about that version of yourself, and write the story. Do you know what I'm saying? So I can tell you now the 65-year-old version of Emma that I'm walking towards, and part of the reason I'm walking towards that is because many people have treated me bad, but I don't need them anymore in my vision board. Do you know what I'm saying? I just have myself. In my vision board, I just have MI at 65 sitting at Madison Square Garden. In case I do it, I want to be sitting on the floor of basketball games. I want to be a tech entrepreneur, be a hedge fund manager, have assets across. So in case I do it, you'll be like, MI told me, Do you understand? And then that's all I need to worry about. Because when I'm there, that person that was insulting me will even matter to me. I don't even understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So I spend my time focusing on myself, on a positive version of myself that I'm walking towards. Even if that version is inspired by someone's insult, let me forget about the person, you know? Negative my energy advice. to feed off. Negative. Michael Jordan. Negative. All right, so, MI, fun, fun, fun fact. No, 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 we'll come back to questions. But fun fact, we had somebody on our podcast on some episodes ago that was on this album. And was on one of the biggest songs from this album. I'm talking about General Pipe. Am I? We live in a world where people are re releasing music, right? Because companies are acquiring rights, master rights to certain songs. And they are getting put out again years after. This song sounds fresh. As a yeah, matter it does. Of fact, still sounds fresh. Sounds fresh. Do you have plans to re release any of the songs from this album? Yeah, um, honestly, my up, my, I, I went to America last year. So the answer is yes, but let me explain more context. Um, I went to America last year, and when I, what I learned in America is that the world is actually ready for African content. 
So I was like, Omo, back to the mothership. Let me go and start packaging my content properly. Like we're about to enter a phase where the world is going to pay attention to African, African content fully. So whether you are writing one line in a hook, whether you were part of a story on an episode of a show, and that's what you left for your kids in perpetuity of royalties or whatever, this is the time for Africa. So get to work and improve your skills. And so with that, like so many plans we have, like the whole thing we're trying to do with incredible music is help artists like replenish themselves. It's, it's going to take a long time for us to get to that version of it. We're just going to start like a traditional label. Um, but as we grow, what we're trying to do is to help artists think about their catalog because all of this is going to be important. You know, all those old songs, all those is going to be very, very relevant as we go along. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I want, yeah. I, I want to, I want to that. I want to, I want to digress. I want to digress. I want to digress for a bit, right? I want to digress for a bit. And I want to tell you why this session that we are having is a big moment for me, right? Because anybody that has known me from whenever knows that I'm a big MI fan, right? Huge MI fan. But Excel is Excel in the music business. And a lot of people don't know that Excel is in the music business because of MI. When MI released Rendezvous, there was a house party. Um, there was a house party that was done as the release party. It was, done, it, was, it was done as a house party. Full on vibes. Like that house party was vibe. Somebody pushed that Jebona 22 into the pool. He was mad. I remember, I remember it well. It was a great time. But before the house party started, I, I was at the party early. Surprisingly, MI was there early. You know? Because artists, they come late. <laughs> it's not surprising. <laughs> and we, we, had, we had a long conversation about music for like an hour. And then people started coming and people were coming and his attention was getting distracted. And he said to me one thing before he left. He was like, before then, I wanted to be the next or SAGS or AOT2. I was crazy about music journalism. And then I told me something. He said, you are passionate about music. The music business needs people that are passionate about it, not just in journalism, but we need those kind of people in the business. And that thing on a light bulb in my head and I entered the music business and the rest is history. So this is, this is a special moment for me. We're hearing rumors that the rest is really history. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just staying calm. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Big ups to Shivas. <laughs> but, but, but thank you. Well, thank you so much for that. Big ups to Shiva. But yeah, 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 yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. Look, this is something I want to say in the room. I really care about the music business. And I really care about young creatives. And I always have. And I'm saying so to say, the narrative about me sometimes has been the complete opposite. Right? And so what? <laughs> so, so what? what? If people don't see you the way you are, so what? What if I? Keep walking. <laughs> Keep moving, keep doing your thing. So what? It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Keep doing your thing. Keep moving. Keep going forward. You know what Am I, mean? I? What's the most memorable song in terms of the creative process from this album for you? The most memorable song in terms of the creative process of this album. Wow, there's so many. You're asking me a question that's tough. Uh, okay, like Blaze that we just played, for instance. To get the actual Blaze on the actual song, which I thought was just cool. A song called Blaze. 
and then that had blaze on it and she killed it. That was really difficult to get that done. Um, recording with YQ. YQ recorded the song in, um, he recorded the song in like one verse, but sort of like just a disjointed flow of, like it was one of the first times I seen someone just freestyle. And then he had to leave. And so I had to make a verse from what he sang. Like he sang like this long stream of things. So I had to be like, man, Sorry okay. Sorry to cut you short, but I, I've always felt like, and I don't know if, if there's anybody here that shares this sentiment with me. I've always felt like YQ was one day coast junior brother. Music-wise, if you really, like talent-wise, if you think about that YQ level, he just did not have enough time here to do what he could do, but so, girl. Yeah, but I, I had to do that. Um, uh, there are just so many, 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 many songs, but I'll say Money Slow to Enter. Love um, it. Was not going to make the album at all. In fact, I was done with the album. It was on the chopping block. It was the lowest song on the chopping block. I was like, this song is not going to make it. Blah, blah, blah. And then Obina, Agu, Angry Mob. Shout out to Angry Mob. Big ups to Angry Mob. Yeah, I was, I was compiling the list. He was like, wait, wait, what about Money Slutenta? I was like, no, no, that song is not making it. And he was like, what? That should be the first song on the album. He was like genuinely hurt. Like, and I, I interpreted it to him being like, man, how come I, I like this song so much and this guy doesn't like this song, you know? And so later I was just like, ah, I guess I could just put it on. Like he's my manager. He, you know, I guess I could just put it on. When the album came out, that's the song that took off in Abuja. You know what I mean? And so maybe that song. Um, later, you know, with this album, when I listen back to my raps, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. When I listen back to my raps, I'm like, man, I could have <laughs> I could have a little bit more. I tried to be, I tried to be a little bit more uh intricate in on MI2. But there was still something about just like the naivete of my expression on this album. Like it was truly Jude, like, you know, at the time exposed, just talking about what I was going through, um, telling my story. Yeah. We're going to have to do like a whole nother episode for MI2. Thank that, you so much. That was a, that was a madness. But we're, we're about to wrap up. But before we go, I have one last a question audience question. Yeah. And it is from, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise, Eniola Mafe Abaga. No. Um, I am a fan of, of M.I. Abaga. You haven't checked. However, I got introduced much later, so I'm not a fan as much as others are fans' fans. Do you get it? So there's levels to this, apparently, for fans. Okay, so I have two questions. One question is obviously 14 years since Talk About It, and you also produced an album this year. Is there a song or feeling when you were producing this, this, a song on the Guy album that made you feel a little bit like Talk About It, if there was ever any connection? That's one question. And the second question is, if you could talk to M.I. back then, when you were producing Talk About It, knowing what you know, all the things that you said that you know now and experience now, what advice would you give M.I. from 14 years ago? Thank you. Heavy. Ah, people call it ah, Question. Bros. <laughs> that second one just took me to a world. But the first, what's the first question again? I, 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 that the, second question hit me hard. The first what question. What feeling did you have? Like, okay, yeah, yeah. Recording. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good question. Um, 
let me scan through the songs on the on the guy. Um, <laughs> That's my fave. Yeah. Okay. I think that so some common themes when I was making talk about it, I wasn't really in like a like a love like a love era of my life, and so putting forever was intentional. I was like, I'm going to put this song inside there. And then when I came to this album, I was in such a, like a love era of my life. But I still had to be like, because normally I'm a very private person. I like to keep that stuff out. So I still had to have that same thought process of like the, the love song and inside have to still get into the album. You know, so that's one theme. Um, I think... Ah, man, this is a good question. It's a good question. Because how I look at making albums has changed so much. On Talk About It, I was writing. Now I don't really write as much anymore. Um, I don't know, man. You don't write as much anymore? No, I just sort of like sit in the studio and like the verses come as they uh -huh. come. You know, but um, um, I don't know. That's a, it's a good question. The, honestly, I think that albums are different stories. So like the guy... yeah. Okay, the advice for younger Emma is that it's okay for you to be selfish. And because what most of us, if you grew up around poverty, what most of us think selfishness is, is actually sometimes just putting healthy boundaries for yourself. You know, so Damn. I would say that early on, um, there are some things that I would, if I could go back before, you know, I would say, am I be selfish as you go through this journey? Because that's the only word that would, you know, it's like a bad word, but we have to be careful with that word because sometimes it's, it's, it's too big. You know, it's, it covers things that are healthy for you. You know, it covers things that are healthy for you. Please, can I ask that this gentleman yeah. Yeah, yeah, ask sure. a question, please? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I am obsessed with sound. Um, it's why I'm a musician. It's honestly like a curse because <laughs> there are crafts I enjoy more than music, but I cannot stop listening. And I, I want to make music I like. And so that's why I make music. I'm saying all this to say, uh, as a final question, I guess, I believe genuinely as a crew, no one has created a sound in Nigeria like Chocolate City since like Fela. Like a sound, uh, a really defined, unique perspective on what music should sound like. And I guess my question is, what was that process as a team between wow. you, between Jesse Jags, between all of your crew? What was that? Wow. You know, first of all, let me say I agree with you, my brother. And see, Motolani <laughs> is like, oh, this is my guy. <laughs> but, but let me tell you why I said so. During the COVID thing, David tweeted, any label girl wants to go ahead. And I was like, yeah, but like the Chocolate City catalog is like ridiculous. It's ridiculous. like, it's like if, especially not even now, like if you want to add this last year where Young John just went crazy, Black Bones went insane, CK, like as a label, like Chocolate City has really done the thing, you know, um, but I'll say that, let's go back to the beginning. Because you asked a very important question about 
the evolution of what becomes a sound. And then he used the word perspective. Okay. How did we get there? We lived together in a house for three years. And we made music every day together. Different perspectives. We spoke about it. I was like a drill sergeant. I would make people listen to albums. I would make people write the music over and over again. Jesse was like... Um, Jesse is very, he's like, has a mystic quality to him. So he will listen, he'll observe, he'll observe, he'll observe, then he'll say something. Or he'll go into the studio, you just come and just hear everybody be like, Jesus Christ. Ice Prince was like, Mr. What is going to work? You know, this is going to pop. And then we had like, just a community, Ruby, Soul, Lindsay, like just a voice of, from the angels, Taz. And it comes back again to this idea of like as creative surrounding yourself with a community, right? Um, you will learn way more. <laughs> you will learn way more from other people around you. You'll be more confident because you're not by yourself. Your events will be more successful because there's a larger pool of people that everybody's supporting. Like if we all said now that we are a community now, we could triple this event easily by just inviting three friends each. Do you know what I'm saying? So having more people with you is, is, is important. And, um, and we really, really loved music. Like really, really loved music. Um, I think that now music is a way for people to become popular. And now in the room of musicians, so-called musicians, there are a lot of people that don't really love music. You know, but if you really love music, if you really care about why did, like we used to be like, why did Fela use this instrument? Why did... There's no way that you'll not be special at what you're doing. Because you're going to sit and just in, take in so much information and so much, you know. Um, and still, like Ice Prince, Ice Prince is the weirdest friend to have in the world. Because he calls you like 4.30 a.m. Randomly. Facts. But when he calls you at 4.30, it's always about a song. It's always, he's always like, man, M, are you sleeping? Yes, Ice, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, I'm sleeping. He's like, yo, I just heard this gospel song in this place. It reminds me of the time. That's the energy we had. It was about, it's about being young, having a shared dream together that we're going to make it. We're going to improve our situation together and through music. And we just poured ourselves into music. Jez, you know what I'm talking about? If I ask you now, how many female rappers have you studied? Do you know Lauren Hill's catalog? Do you know Lauren Hill said, now hear this mixture where hip-hop meets scripture, develop a negative into a positive picture. Do you know what? Listen to that line. Remember before, when you used to get pictures, you have to use a, neg a film yeah, negative. Yeah. And she says, develop a negative into a positive picture. Like bars, you know what I'm saying? So you need, there's so much you learn from listening to Lauryn Hill. And then Lil' Kim. And then Lady of Rage. And then Missy Elliott and studying their stories and listening to their sound. Why did they do this? Going through the list of who walked with them in the track, who did all this. There's so much. And, <laughs> and I want to say a lot of us, the truth about it, we're just trying to get popular. and Music is just the way. But if you love music, you are coming to contribute to something that is so precious to so many people. Look, 14 years later, look at people here. Look. Of all ages, all sizes, all shapes, all colors, all races are here to celebrate a piece of music I did 14 years ago, right? If you, I were to see myself back then, I should take it so serious. 
14 years later, people are going to pay attention to this. You need to know everything about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so what I want you to do is like, I want you to, if you want to make rap music, you need to know raps like the back of your hand. Do you understand? You need to study rap. You need to be like those old rappers. Why did they, why were they like that? You need to listen to all the new rap music. Do you know what I'm saying? And even though Instagram will be showing you so other stuff, if you, what you want to do is rap, it must mean that when you get on the microphone, hold the microphone and you're looking at me in the eyes, you're ready to take off my head. You know what I mean? So let's get to work. All the young creatives here, let's get to work. Thank you, know you so much, MI, for coming out to do this. And we are done. Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, please make some noise for MI Abaga. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Listen, 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 listen. We are done, but I want to give some shout outs. Please, ladies and gentlemen, help me. Give a shout out to the British Council for allowing us host here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give a shout out to Task for putting this together. <laughs> lastly, okay, not lastly. Last, not lastly. Send me lastly. Please give a shout out to Shivers Rigo for the drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then give a shout out to the number one podcast in Nigeria, Terms and Conditions Podcast. <laughs>